When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox Podcast. Got the full CHGO White Sox crew with me. Vinny Duber is our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can check out his latest article on allchgo.com. It is unlocked, free to read for everybody. His top 10 storylines heading into spring training, which you will be at tomorrow. Very true. There you go. Some that, uh, even more reason to follow Vinny on Twitter. Get updates to the minute. Once he lands, once he gets to camp, once he finally starts seeing Scott Merkin and James Fegan, you know, like... Up All to, of these things will probably be tweeted about, so this is accurate. Vinny tweets like a twelve-year-old girl. So, and he's really I excited. Do? He's Weird. real excited. To, he's real excited to see his classmates. Well, I'll tell you what: the twelve-year-old girls tweet. Is that I, legal? I'm, I'm just joking. Twelve-year-old girls are putting out a lot of their favorite top ten Kiss songs. If that's the case, <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> um, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. On today's show. We will be previewing Oscar Colas' 2023 season, what to expect, what are realistic expectations for Oscar, but we're going to kind of build that into what Vinny talked about, the top 10 storylines heading into spring training, what questions will we be asking the players, the front office members, the coaches, the new coaches about the 2023 team. So I think we'll take the first segment to talk about Vinny's top 10 take a little bit of break to work in the Colos part. And then in the later half, we got uh, contributions from Janice Scurio uh, and Herb and myself on questions we want you to ask either certain people or just, you know, anyone. Anyone who will lend an ear. Pull the clubhouse, if you will. Pull the clubhouse. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we'll see We'll see what you come back with, uh, what you could dig up a- a- on our very, very important topics. But why don't we start with you? Uh, we got a-, a little graphic here to explain this, but uh, we'll start with uh, 10 or at least the – the bottom five, I guess. Um, what's the most important one that sticks out at least five through 10 to you? Uh, you have the bullpen without Hendricks, what that might look like, Grandal's health, Ben Attendee as a tone setter, uh, who's going to play second base, Giolito, you know, can he go from worst pitcher in baseball to best pitcher in baseball again? Uh, and then changes to avoid injuries. Herb, I know that was one of your big ones, but what sticks out at least five through 10 as the most important of that bunch? Well, I think I talked a lot about it the other day when we talked about Andrew Benintendi, so no surprise here. That was just yesterday, wasn't it? It was. But uh, I think I'll go with that Andrew Benintendi one, and, and can he be this tone setter that Pedro Grafol said that he might be? You know, Can he be the guy who can embody the change that everybody wants to see in the White Sox going from 2022 to 2023? Um, in 2022, as we've talked about so much, a lot of things went wrong and needed to be fixed, you know, whether that was uh, the the more easily identifiable stuff in the offensive production or the run scoring or the home runs, but also just kind of that general attitude that we saw the Cleveland Guardians use to beat the White Sox on a very regular basis last year, right? That whole mindset of taking the extra base and, and kind of grinding things out. Andrew Benintendi is more of that guy than certainly what the White Sox showed last year. I'm not saying that the White Sox that our carryovers can't have that mindset. They can. But Andrew Benintendi brings it as from a more recent time than they did in 2022. So if you get a guy in who has the right attitude, if you get a guy in who knows what Pedro Grafol wants to see after being with him for the last two years in Kansas City, can he become – I don't want to throw out the word leader, but I want to, I want to say can he be an example that all the other guys can say that, – that Pedro can point to and say – that's the way we're going to do things. And it seemed to be 
already the case when I talked to Pedro when when Benintendi signed because he was already pointing to him as the guy who could kind of embody the way he wanted this White Sox team to play. So I don't know if it's going to be visible right from day one. You might need some some spring training games. You might need some regular season games in order to figure out if Benintendi is going to bring that style of play and if he can kind of make it spread throughout the team, you know, whether it's through osmosis or through just showing people what's uh, what's to be expected. That, to me, though, if, if, if people are down still or just unimpressed with the Andrew Benintendi signing in general, maybe that's an area that they can look to, that they can watch and say, wow, that guy really is the change that this team needed. Yeah, and I agree with Vinny. It's uh, a thing that he needs to set the tone because he knows what is expected of him from the staff that Pedro Grafal has brought over. It should be similar to the Royals' day. So, yeah, I think that Andrew Benintendi, we talked about yesterday, he will be a player at the end of the year that most White Sox fans say, man, yeah, that's my favorite player on the team right now because every day he gives me quality effort and the numbers are all good at the end of the year. And I think that that was the change that we needed from what we did in 2022. So, yeah, I'm uh, very uh, excited about his uh, thing. But the injury part, I, you know, I know they've brought people over. Or the guy from Arizona, the Diamondbacks, came over. But I don't know what they're going to do in spring training that, you know, sets the tone for these guys staying healthy. It's these soft tissue injuries the White Sox have been uh, suffering the last couple of years have just been ridiculous. It's been like they – like did the monkey paw thing like we want to win a division but then on the other side of the monkey paw you get all these injuries so I don't know if they've done anything extra or if they're going to do anything in spring training to say okay we're going to be doing more plyometrics we're going to be doing more yoga we're going to be doing more stretching etc etc to get you ready for this season so you guys can be at your health at your healthiest during the year so that's what I'm looking forward to well and as I wrote about today too under that topic I don't think you should expect so much that all of a sudden nobody goes on the IL all year, right? That's obviously unrealistic. But somewhere in the middle, there is this idea of, yes, there can still be bad luck, but the White Sox can can try. They can try to make it so uh, they can do some things to be better at the very least. So guys can uh, be in a better state of health, can be in a better state of just physicality. So they're able to attempt to avoid those injuries. Some things you're just not going to, you're just not going to be able to avoid and bad luck is going to happen. And guys are going to go on the IL throughout the season. That's how baseball works, but there are moves that they can take. We remember a year ago, or I guess a year and a half ago now, they talked about completely reimagining their whole strength and conditioning department. They brought in a, a, a new person to run that department. Now, uh, uh, you saw Pedro Gafol in November at his introductory press conference asked about that, kind of right off the bat. Hey, what what's going on here? What are, what are you going to do to make sure none of these guys get injured? And it's kind of a silly question uh, in that you can't, you know, come in and wish away bad luck. But Pedro had an answer it seemed lined up. He turned to Rick Hahn and said, oh, should we bring this up now? And Rick was like, oh, we're still kind of working on this. There you go. Maybe there is uh, something in the works that the White Sox front office and, and brain trust in general is trying to get done to improve things. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect because you cannot just avoid injuries completely, but you can be better. And maybe and it'll be interesting to see what the White Sox have done to try and be better. Yeah, uh, one of those play, uh, people, uh, now senior director of sports performance, uh, Jeff Head, uh, formerly with the Reds from 2019 to 2022, uh, as well as the Giants from, I think, all the way back to 2008 or later. Um, he was there for about 11 years. But at least on the White, the White Sox website of the training staff, it seems like mostly uh, those people have been uh, White Sox mainstays. James Cruck uh, recently uh, was made head athletic trainer, but Brett Walker's been there for a long time. Goldie Simmons has been there for uh, a while as well. Just recently promoted, I think, in the past couple of years to director of strength and conditioning. Uh, Josh Fallon's been there, uh, I think, for 24 years. And Ibrahim uh, Rivera, I think, has been there since 2007, if uh, LinkedIn's all correct. If their LinkedIn's all updated. <laughs> wow. Uh, Getting your, your, all your info <laughs> from LinkedIn. And, and listen, just because, you know, the only change that you – there's not – Hiring new people is not the only way to make change. Right. And I think that it'll just be interesting to see what they say because I don't think you can even judge based on the results because I do think it is mostly bad luck and, and mostly, uh, you know, Herb, we talk about all the time, you know, oh, how could they let Aloy Jimenez uh, keep getting hurt? 
the injury that he suffered last year was on the base paths. You could have gotten your wish. You could have never seen left field. He still would have suffered that same injury to his legs. So you cannot avoid bad luck. But you can do some things to, to try and, and, and make yourself better. I even think back to the 2020 postseason. I mean, he hits a double against the A's, and then, again, running the base paths, he comes up a little lame and has to be pulled from the game, and they lose his bat for that entirety of the series. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just the field where he's in danger out there. Hopefully, too, just maybe different practices, like you said. It doesn't have to be uh, exactly, uh, you know, new personnel. Um, and, hey, maybe Jeff Head, uh, sports performance, he's directing in a different way, and that's going to lead the White Sox to more health. I don't understand the human body. I went into communications. You know, it'd be nice if these guys played more. Uh, I, I don't know uh, what else. Is there any other part of the injuries that you, you'd want to know about, maybe about the processes exactly? Well, I, do, I didn't think the 75% or whatever the number was, you know, giving the people the excuse of going half speed or three-quarter speed was a smart thing for the White Sox to do last year. As we've seen, they still got injured. So, we were told when we were in high school and all those good stuff, the time you get hurt is when you're tentative, when you're going half speed. So balls to the wall this year, and maybe Andrew Benintendi can lead from there and say, hey, I'm going all out. You see me, I play decent amount of games every year. You know, he's missed some time, but he's not missing because he's pulling up lame. And I think uh, we we're talking about the sprint speed of, uh, uh, was it, uh, Robert or somebody else the other day, and it was – Affected, I think, by the notion of these guys actually telling them, like, hey, take it easy when you come back from the I.L. Oh, hey, calm yeah. down. Jimenez, uh, in years that he's been, quote-unquote, healthy, uh, usually sits around 60th percentile in speed, and I think he was around the 24th percentile yeah. in speed in 2022, just kind of showing you that he wasn't really pushing it pushing it on the base. So pad. that's what I want. Not just not stay off, just staying off the I.L., I want you to be in the game. If you are in the game, give me 100% of what you have, not the 75% type of garbage that well, was uh, preached last year. And even just to add on to that, I mean, Luis Robert, I don't know what we can really gauge from his speed. In 2020, 96 percentile in sprint speed, 73rd percentile in sprint speed in, in 2021, and 65th percentile uh, in speed in, in uh, 2022. And he's not that guy. Um, he's he's faster than that. Yeah, right? But it, I wonder if it is just something where, you know, maybe the legs are just not fully trusted or I don't know. It, it, it is a, a big ask about it. Won't you? Uh, we, it seems like we're really perplexed by this topic. Um, <laughs> let's go to another there, one, though, right? What's that? You won't be at spring training initially. Who's that? Well, they all will, but then they're going to go to work their own yeah. camps. They'll okay. all be there to, to for the first couple weeks or so. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think. But one of them, the games start. They got to go to Taiwan, though, don't they? And Cuba's done it. Don't yeah, they have yeah, to go to right. Taiwan? Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, baseball classic starts on seventh. So I don't know when camps officially open up. Um, but at least games start on on, on the seventh. Uh, South Korea is beginning camp next uh, this week. I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, why don't you ask about that one too? You will see. About I, well, I can tell you, you will see <laughs> position players who are in uh, participating in the World Baseball Classic show up to camp a few days earlier than that full for that full squad workout day. I believe it's Friday or Saturday that. Uh, the position players who are in the WBC are due at Sox camp Monday, then being the first full squad workout. All right. Um, so there you go. And one other part that I do want to talk about uh, in the 5 through 10, Stephen, if you do want to flash up Minnie's uh, graphic uh, again right before we uh, depart. Uh, no, I want to bring in at least one of the ones from the, the top half. So uh, five, bullpen without Hendricks, what will it look like? Four, who will win the right field job? We'll talk a little bit about that with Oscar Colas in a second. Three, the number five spot in the rotation with Mike Clevenger. Obviously, I think that will be the main part of the news dump on Tomorrow. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a large part. So, again, follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny, underscore, no, at Vinny everyone else has an underscore, at Vinny Duber, uh, to get updates on that. Uh, but two, life after Abreu. We heard a lot about clicks in the White Sox uh, locker room in 2022. And Benintendi... I always think, like, who was Andrew Vaughn's, like, sounding board in the past two years? And I really don't know if there was one, if there were truly clicks. Maybe Ben Attendi provides that for Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. But we know that Jose Abreu and uh, the Latin players really were their own click. And, and they really went around, gravitated towards Jose Abreu. 
I wonder how that locker room is broken up without Jose Abreu. Um, if there is a different direction, if there is less clickiness and maybe more of a, a team vibe, or if they do persist and, you know, maybe Aloy and Luis Robert, you know, still vibe out. I don't know. Yeah, I think the first thing is y- y- everybody's got to get away from that one report from last year that talked about clicks and how, oh, God, this is a terrible thing. It was a, in my opinion, a very negative phrasing of just everyday life. I mean, think about your life in your office or your life in, in you know, when you, whenever you do really anything where there's 50 people around, right? Mm. You're going to have people who you hang out with and people who you hang out with less, you know? And if you want to call that a click, go right ahead. But I think there's a negative connotation that comes with that word, especially in the way that that was illustrated. That does not necessarily accurately reflect a negative mood, but just that's what life is like and I think it makes all the sense in the world that pitchers are going to be off with other pitchers and position players are going to be off with themselves and then you've got guys who speak Spanish they're going to hang out together guys who speak English going to hang out together I don't think real life in a professional sports clubhouse uh, you know I haven't been in an NBA clubhouse that's a smaller number of guys so I'm not going to speak to that but certainly in baseball probably uh, in football and hockey as well uh it's not like a sports movie where everybody is constantly just sitting with peaked interest all all together in the thing. I mean, like, think about Remember the Titans, right, where, like, the whole thing is like, oh, the team is split up into groups. How are we going to get it? How are we going to get them all together? And then they all come together and they start winning and it's all fantastic. Um, I mean, this is a workplace, right? And I think that it makes all the sense in the world that there would be certain groups of guys who hang out together and certain uh, guys who don't. And there's a great point down there on the comment. If you're winning, nobody cares. Exactly. This was another attempt to explain the losing. It might not have been a correct one. It might have been. Who knows? But it also was just reflective of everyday life. On to the actual meat of your question, which was Jose Abreu's gone, and that's a big deal. Uh, I think there are leaders in those cl- in that clubhouse that are holdovers from last year. I'm, I bring up Lance Lynn all the time when I talk about leaders. I think Liam Hendricks is one of those leaders. Uh, I think Tim Anderson is one of those leaders. I think Lucas Giolito, to an extent, is one of those leaders as well. Um, and I think that the big challenge is going to be what happens in the, the area of the clubhouse where Jose Abreu was the guy, right? He had those guys under his wing, Yoan Moncada, Aloy Jimenez, and Luis Robert. Are they... Did they learn enough that they can leave the nest, even though they're still at the nest? He left the nest, but you get the metaphor. You know, can they thrive without him? Um, Do Luis and Yuan bond with the Cuba experience in the World Baseball Classic? You know, maybe playing together brings them a yeah, little I mean, bit I closer. I mean, I think they're pretty tight already, i right, got to be honest hey, with you. Their you know, lockers are right next to each they're other. They're going to Taiwan. They are That's going fun, to Taiwan you know? on a little uh, a, a buddy road trip, uh, Luis all, and Yoan. A little but, photo book, you know, it'll be all cute. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and, and again, that's not to say that, like, oh, my God, the only way that these three guys can succeed at the major league level is if Jose Abreu is there holding their hand. Like, I don't think that's the case. But you're talking about, listen, what I just talked about with Benintendi, right? There was a guy who embodied what this team was supposed to be doing, and that was Jose Abreu through the, the, uh, the work ethic that he showed before every single game, every single day, and the just gutting out every pitch that hit him and every thing that went wrong in that one season to, uh, to hamper his body so much. He gutted out every last bit of it, and on top of it, he was the best hitter on the team. And so I think there, it, it's going to be just fascinating to see what his absence does in the clubhouse, if it does anything noticeably uh, positive or negative, uh, but then specifically, of course, what his absence does to the lineup because that is something where we can point to and say that's a big deal that he's not there. And it, I think that this team has to get back to where it was supposed to be and then go the extra mile to, be, to, to make up for Abreu being gone is quite the challenge. I, I don't think it's a position that anybody would want to be in. doesn't mean they can't do it, but uh, – this is the first time Jose Abreu is not going to be at Sox camp in a decade. Wow. And uh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see what the fallout of that is. And speaking of that first point, I remember Mark Trestman when he first came here with the Bears, and I know it's a different sport, but he tried to do the offense, defense, offense, defense in the, cl- in the locker room, and the players were like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Because we were, we're situated by our position groups, quarterbacks by quarterbacks, defensive linemen by defensive linemen, and they liked it that way. And that's what most of the uh, clubhouses and uh, locker rooms I've been in, they, as many said, like-minded people are standing by like-minded people. Tony Graffinino used to always be by uh, Paul Canerco. Same with Ross Glode. Just liked each other. AJ, Mark Burley, right next to each other. You know, 
these are things. And, I, and the Spanish-speaking guys, of course, are going to gravitate towards each other because they speak the same language. And they probably have similar uh, upbringings and uh, similar um, experiences in America. They can also uh, relate that way. Mostly all position players as well. I yeah. Mean, you know, Yoan, Abreu, Grandal, all infielders. Yeah. And so that is not a thing. I don't think you getting along with your teammates is a really big thing. Because I, I think baseball is an individual sport played in a team concept. You don't need to necessarily like your friends, I mean, the people on the team, to play well. I mean, we see the whole Yankees thing. They didn't like each other, so it worked out that well. But the second point is that I think um, – no, I just lost it right a second ago. Um, we are talking about it. Uh, Jose Abreu. Yeah, I think Yoan Moncada, as we've seen before, has taken on some of the qualities of Jose Abreu. In 2018, he had that bad, that bad year, and then came back. Jose said, hey, man, be more aggressive. Do more you. Came back and did this work. And he's seen Jose Abreu's, like, wherewithal, his battling through injuries. And that's why Yoan, I think, now has played the most games out of any White Sox that's currently on the team because he understands posting is the most important thing to him and for, to Jose Abreu. And I think he will be the new leader if there's such a thing of the Spanish-speaking uh, everyday position players. So I think Yoan and the rest of the guys who have to sink or swim, if they were just, you know, as uh, Vinny put in the metaphor, waiting on their mama bird, Jose Abreu, to come back, hey, man, he's not coming back. You have to fly now yourself. Well, and to tie in both parts, like the injury and Abreu, I do wonder if he's not setting that example – if players then do rest a little bit more and recover if they are injured and you know aren't playing at 75% and maybe they're able to get to 100% a little bit quicker. I do wonder if those go hand in hand and maybe there's a little bit of a different uh, example set. Like we want you playing at 100% and if you're not at 100%, take the time off to get to that level um, where Abreu, you know, you had to basically put him in a straitjacket to make him not play. Um, and if not, he's building a fort and, like, constructing himself a, an entire house uh, in the dugout. Uh, I'm going to miss him. But, yeah, I mean, not everyone is built like Jose Abreu. So maybe maybe things change in that way as well. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I do want to talk about one more of Vinny's things, and then we'll jump into the right field question. But, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. So get fitted in the best sports gear round. Boco has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch, and collectibles. Foco, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. I also did think I saw our guy Jordan uh, in the chat uh, mention trying to get us to 50 likes. We're at 10. All right, so if you guys, while I am doing the ad reads, uh, want to give the thumbs up, uh, we really would appreciate it. Um, and to Jared's question in the chat, I know Vinny has mentioned uh, that Tim Anderson uh, doesn't shut up, if I, I can phrase it uh, that way. Yeah, yeah, Jared asks, you know. Tim's vocal. You know, when you see a video of him being interviewed, how is that different from being in the clubhouse? Uh, I think a lot of guys are different when they're being interviewed, particularly in front of a camera, than when they are – around their teammates who are certainly far bigger part of their lives than, than we are, uh, you know, asking them a question every, uh, every few days. Um, I also would say this. Again, going back to what I said earlier, the, I, the reality of a leader on a professional sports team does not have to match up with what you see well, on, in a sports movie. Right. And it does not have to be somebody who stands up on the table and makes a big speech to soaring music and everybody goes, yeah, and they run out there and they win the big game, right? It can be a daily thing. And, and I, I think, uh, you know, we bring this up all the time. Go back to uh, Billy Hamilton in, in 2021 and the way that Tim interacted with Billy and turned Billy's whole mindset of himself around where he was convinced that, oh, I am what everybody says about me. I'm a guy that can go out there and run and play defense, and when I'm at bat, I can't do anything. He was convinced that himself that that was what he was. And Tim said, no, 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 you're good. You're a Major League Baseball player. You can hit. Absolutely. And that restores the confidence. That, to me, is as strong of an of a, uh, example of leadership on a baseball team as I've heard in a very long time. It doesn't have to be someone – I mean, everybody – Everybody went nuts last year when, with the video that when they announced that Tim's starting the All-Star game and he's sitting in a chair and not mm -hmm. jumping up and screaming. I mean, you just don't have to actually act like that. You might want to see it because that's what you're familiar with from, from portrayals in, 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 in various medias or when on, on the occasion that it might 
actually happen in real life when you do see somebody, uh, you know, rouse up a clubhouse like that. But I think that Tim Anderson can be a leader without being everybody's mental image of a leader. And I think that uh, your effectiveness on that front is not judged by how loud you speak or, um, you know, how, how many cheers you get from your teammates. Baseball is a daily sport. It's an everyday grind, and it might not just be uh, visible in one moment. It might be a, lit, a million little moments. I mean, hey, we were just talking about Jose Abreu and, you know, who, who is Andrew Vaughn hearing from in this clubhouse? Andrew Vaughn has told stories of Jose Abreu teaching him how to play first base at the major league level. I mean, it can be a quick interaction like that on a backfield in spring training. It doesn't have to necessarily be super evident from the TV cameras uh, uh, every single day during the during the game broadcast. Well, and to his public persona, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, maybe closed off, if you want to say, uh, in interviews, and you could even see in his Twitter and Instagram, uh, not a man of many words, uh, kind of, you know, very clouded. It's not, not very all out on the table, uh, but his private uh, personality obviously can be completely different. You know, it's people that he's uh, at least known. Uh, for, for many years. It's it's his White Sox organization. It's his home organization. It was in the middle of an ad read. Check out FOCO.com or click the link <laughs> in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also have to let you know when you want to see Tim Anderson's leadership in the flesh, you want to see him lead at shortstop and uh, leading off game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could 50 yard line courtside behind home plate floor seats at a concert it is possible with the game time app the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy you won't find a better deal this season on white Sox tickets maybe spring training tickets if you're going to be down in arizona like Vinny, bulls or blackhawks tickets if you want to go see a game at the united center Bruce Springsteen announced that he's going to be playing at Wrigley Field on Saw August that. 9th. Uh, yeah. Do I want to play full price or do I want to wait until August 9th and get tickets on game time? Sox Yanks that night uh, at the rate. Ooh, the I will be taking the day off no matter what. Uh, <laughs> I will not be paying attention to the White Sox. <laughs> I will be paying to 161, uh, paying attention to 161 games uh, in, in 2023. Uh, but game time was created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join our 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best deal, best seats to all your favorite events. Also, and might do that with you, too. Uh, the, you saw the Super Bowl uh, commercial where they're playing the Sphere in Las Vegas. I uh, saw that thing mm-hmm. when I was there in October. Very weird looking. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Do you like you, two actually? Yeah. Okay. I've seen them, uh, mo- the band I've seen the most in concert. How many? Five times. Wow, I've only oh, seen okay. them twice. That is the band I've seen the most in concert, them in uh, Third Eye Blind. But speaking of concerts <laughs> and game time. I last night, or I was planning on it, but I last night, like, you know what, let me click on the link in our description and go to game time and see if they have tickets to uh, a, a band called the Avet Brothers. And they do, and it's at Red Rocks. So I bought tickets for Courtney and I. I don't wow. necessarily like the Avet Brothers because I've heard very few to, songs of them. So we're going to uh, Red Rocks in, uh, in July. Mercy. Nice. Yes. That was yeah, that was awesome. That was like a Valentine's Day gift in Happy Valentine's Day, Courtney. <laughs> Last minute, hey, we're going to Denver. Very fun. That's cool. Denver. Uh, Denver. That's great. I've never done, have you done Red of, Rocks? I've never done Red Rocks. I would love to. It looks awesome. Uh, I'll say this about the, uh, the the Abbott Brothers. They're one of those every other song bands mm-hmm. where you put, on the, uh, you put on the album and you're like, oh, this one's good. And the next one comes on, skip. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the next one, oh, this one's good, skip. So they're, I, I like to call them an every other song band. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little too sleepy for me, but hey, you know, it could be fun, especially if, you know. Denver's a, a huge, huge, huge fans, and they could sing along. You know, hey. yeah, it's only like twenty six minutes out of the city too, so ra- you're right there. Rowdy crowd in Denver. Um, anyways, uh, make sure you check out Game Time again. Uh, check out the link in the description uh, before, or check out the link in the description below uh, to check out the Game Time link. All right, let's get to Oscar Colas. I'm so thrown off with the uh, the show being pushed back a little bit. We started at four ten. So you're uh, like, now show's it's over. Four forty one. I'm like, oh no, we only have twenty minutes. We have a lot left. Um, let's go to the Oscar Colas number. Oh, no, sorry. A little bit thrown off. Let's go to Vinny's uh, top 10 just one more time. I do want to touch on Clevenger just because that's what tomorrow's show will likely be largely about. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, do you, do you expect them to be tight-lipped or mostly tight-lipped or just kind of one to two? I'll, I'll, I, will be, I will be completely honest in saying that I don't know what to expect because I think this situation is very different than, than other things that they've dealt with before. They have been tight-lipped on things that obviously were of far less importance uh, 
uh, than something like this, um, and they're far less serious than something like this. Um, so I don't really know what to what to expect because here's the thing: if no if no organization, and by that I mean Major League Baseball, has done anything to keep him away from camp tomorrow, he should be at camp, yep. or he should be expected to be at camp, right? But mm. will he be at camp? Uh, will that be Major League Baseball's doing or or not? Will you know, will he just be walking by like like every like it's a normal report day for him? Um, if the if if by tomorrow morning there is no conclusion to the investigation, the White Sox have said they're not going to speak on the investigation until there's a conclusion. I would then expect there to be no real comment. That being said, we've talked about baseball implications, and so if there's if he's not there tomorrow. We have to we have to find out what the baseball implications of that are. If if his if if there's even just the mystery of his situation, not necessarily a a, a final outcome, but if there's even just still a question mark over it, could still be open, right? What what do the White Sox do if dot dot dot? You know. So I and and all that being said, as I mentioned today and have mentioned in the past, starting pitching depth was an issue for this team before any of this became a thing. Mm-hmm. So. It, it would not be surprising at all to just talk about starting pitching depth past the guys that you know are there, whether he's part of it or not. So um, I really don't know what to expect. Uh, we're going to find out. Um, but certainly, unless there's big breaking news tomorrow morning, um, it's it's probably going to remain uh, a, a an open discussion on what, what happens, right? That would yeah. be my guess. If we take the White Sox by the word that they didn't know about the Mike Clevenger situation before they signed him, MLB is putting the White Sox in an impossible situation for this tomorrow. They are at the mercy, at, at the MLB's mercy, because MLB hasn't finished their investigation. If I was the Major League Baseball, at minimum, an indefinite suspension or indefinite, hey, Mike, sit somewhere else. Do not come to camp. You don't want to be a distraction to this team. And then when there's some finality to this, you'll come back or we'll put you on a longer suspension, whatever. But for him to be there tomorrow, that is going to be the focus. I mean, if he's there tomorrow, are we talking about anything else? At least not for the first 30 minutes. Yeah, like like Vinny's going to be there. I'm sure they're going to quell it, which they should because they don't you know, have the power. MLB has the power. And so it's going to be very awkward to have him there as a new player. And as Vinny said, they didn't have depth before that. Even when they signed him, they didn't have depth. Are you going to depend on people in the minors? Are you going to depend on Davis Martin? Maybe be your fifth starter, a guy who's good last year. But you're expecting to compete. And I don't think Davis Martin is the fifth starter for a competing team. So it's going to be very, very telling what we're going to see tomorrow. I'm more going to blame MLB than the White Sox for tomorrow if they, if Mike Clevenger's there and it's like a fracas and it's like a circus. It's not going to be a good look. Yeah. I mean, looking at the player joint DV, SA, and CA policy, uh, while on administrative leave, a player should continue to re- – like, he's not on administrative leave. I mean, like, that's the one thing, is, and, and that's the only thing MLB can do. The White Sox can't suspend him because he hasn't been found of anything right now due to the MLB. So, um, yeah, they are at the MLB's mercy, and it's it's just a, a bad spot. And I am at the point where it does seem like the woman uh, who he allegedly abused seemed late to – start talking to the MLB. She said uh, late September, early October. Um, so that could be why this is delayed still, um, but it, it's just a, a, a bad situation. And um, I, I would be disappointed to see him in, in White Sox garb tomorrow, um, just with this dark cloud looming over uh, spring training. Let's go to one of your questions, and I think it was the fourth one. Uh, who wins the right field job? Uh, let's look at Oscar Colas's numbers uh, from 2022 in the minor leagues. Uh, they not, were good. They, they were good. Uh, not only was he uh, in AAA for a wee bit, um, but he tore up Birmingham and he tore up Winston-Salem. 526 plate appearances, 23 home runs, a 7.2 walk percent, 22.8 K percent, a slash line of 314 371 and 524 and a weighted runs created plus of 137. Again, pretty good. Um, Not too bad. Uh, I I would love if Oscar Colas brought 23 home runs uh, to the White Sox in 2022. 
what are we looking? 2023. Oh, 2023. 23 right. and 23. That's Ooh, what you're looking for. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, would lead the league or lead the team in, tw- in 2022. Uh, but um, with Colas... Like, are we expecting him to hit the ground running? And if he doesn't have a, a blistering spring training where he's hitting bombs left and right, like Yolki Cespedes and Mike Rodolfo were last year, like, does he not win the job? If he has an average year, does he win the job? Is it dependent on what Rick Hahn says tomorrow? I mean, what are, you, what are we basing the judgments off of? Uh, you know, is it strictly play? Yeah, well, I mean, let's put it this way. Right now, I think we think of the way of, of Oscar Colas the way we do as the favorite to win this job because of what Rick and Pedro have both said throughout the winter. And, and I don't think that we have any reason to change that uh, that thought process and, unless they were to say something different, but I'm not sure why they would after saying <laughs> spending the entire offseason talking him up. Uh, I would say that he would have to struggle mightily in order to not make the opening day roster. But I think there's a variety of things that could happen depending on his play and also the play of Gavin Sheets, to be perfectly honest, because it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have a very good spring training. Um, I think Oscar Colas is the favorite to to get a, a basically an everyday job to start the majority of the games in right field for the White Sox this season. But we, I don't think it's very difficult to see a something a situation playing out where on opening day it's a it's a it's a timeshare right because oh Colas didn't do as great as everybody thought he was going to do and Gavin had a really great spring or you know wow Gavin really blew it all away and deserves the time out there deserves playing time so we're going to cut it up in right field and then on top of all of it remember that Pedro Grafol apparently wants Aloy Jimenez to spend a couple days a week in right field so all of that going leads me to believe that there are several outcomes in which there is no everyday right fielder for this team and which it is a timeshare between two or three players. Um, that all being said, though, all eyes are going to be on Colas um, because of those numbers that you just showed, because of the way the front office and, and, and Pedro have been talking him up this winter, and because he just seems like he could be a pretty good player. And he seems like the kind of guy who could go out there and win a starting right field job. Well, and he's not the age that Andrew Vaughn was when he was debuting in 2021. Yeah, he's like 24 now. So I think Oscar Colas, and I've said this many times, his best scenario is him spending a majority of the time in the minor leagues. It's because he's only had, what is it, uh, 500 plate appearances down in stateside? Mm -hmm. Just by comparison, Aloy had 1,800. Robert had 927. Sheets had 1,500. Tim had 1,500. The only player you can point to, and you've alluded to it, is Andrew Vaughn. But we know the pandemic in 2020 kind of cut off his uh, minor league season that he would have had then, that year. He only had 20, 227 plate appearances there. And we saw the jump he made was, you know, he was ready for it, but also he hit that wall at the end of the year and it also injured. Mickey Madrigal only had about 200 more. Mm. Well, but here's... Mm. here. Madrigal's not good either. It's an interesting (laughs) comparison, though, and I think I'd bring this up this way. Think of the way that Rick and Pedro have talked about Colas this offseason. It reminds you of the way they talked about Andrew Vaughn and the way they talked about Nick Madrigal during their very brief minor league careers. Not really the same way they talked about Aloy Jimenez or Luis Robert. Obviously, they thought those guys were tremendous talents and they were talking up their long-term future, Mm -hmm. but rarely did we hear... We're going to spring training, and these guys are going to get a shot to win this job. And yet, ba 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 ba. We're hearing them talk about Colas very similar to the way they talked about Vaughn, the way they talked about Madrigal, different than Robert and Aloy, which makes me believe, you know, to take them at their word that they think he's ready for this for this sort of thing. They gave Andrew Vaughn, Joe Borchard, and Jim Tomey's number. They yeah. did it. I but mean, come on. You don't just get Joe Borchard's you number. Don't just you just get have to Joe earn Borchard's it. number. I was listening to a recent episode of Future Socks with uh, James Fox and Mike Rankin, and a guy who was in the comments today, uh, Sleepy Harrow, was on that show. Uh, and I kind of agree with him. Like, what it happens, like, in the first couple months where Colas makes the team, and he's the everyday guy. He's the guy. And then he has a horde April, an a horde May. And it could happen. S- sending him back it down, it, it, that's not what they like to do. No. It's not where right. it's at. And I would like for him to push the envelope, to make them like, he's undeniable down there. He's killing the ball at Charlotte. He's murdering. And to put all that pressure on this young player, and I know he's 24, so it's not as young as a, as a typical rookie, I, it's a lot of pressure on him to, hey, can you repeat the 23 home runs you did in the minor leagues through three different levels? He doesn't have to repeat it. Yeah, pretty much he has to. He's a right fielder. If he doesn't hit 20 home runs, I don't... 
no White Sox hit 20 home runs last year. I mean, if, no, if, if he, and that was exactly. bad. I know. That, exactly. was, that was bad. But if, exactly. If, if, if he's, he's a right fielder. If, if he's one of eight guys who hits 10 home runs, that's very that's bad. That's bad. If your everyday right fielder only hits 10 home runs, that's bad. Okay, but what if him and Gavin Sheets combined him, hit 25? I don't want a platoon. They're both left-handed hitters. A Why are we doing worked platoon? worked in 2021 when they won 93 games no, in the no, division see, in that's 2021. That's the results of a, of a thing that the process wasn't correct. I want whoever wins it to win it and go ahead and do your job. I don't want a platoon with two lefties. That makes no sense with, to me. Either you guys are going to do it. Well, with one of them or the other one. A platoon, but maybe Gavin's more ready to ho- handle a workload in April and yeah, May. Start and, then, and then have Oscar Colas go in Charlotte and just murder the ball. And if Gavin Sheets ever finds a lull, Oscar Colas comes up and he's the guy. But the one year of production, good. But you put on there the 22% strikeout rate. That's going to increase probably in the major leagues. His... Ball his uh, eye right now is not that great. Seven percent walk rate. Those things are not great. In the in MLB, he's going to be challenged with things that he wasn't challenged with down in the minor leagues, and to put all that pressure, everything on that one player to perform, is going to be huge. A lot of White Sox fans are out here putting yeah, him but- as the Rookie of the Year candidate. That's a lot of pressure on him. I don't care if he's hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth. It's a lot of pressure for the kid. Our guy John put rookie of the year uh, on DraftKings uh, equals money for Colos. I, I got it at twenty-two to one uh, right now. It's at sixteen to one if you do want to dabble. Um, but again, it's not like Oscar Colos is coming from college ball. It's not like he's coming from be overseas strictly. Like it's not like he's coming from where uh, Luis and Aloy were coming from at their points in uh, Cuba and the DR. Like he's coming from the Japanese. League. Like he is coming from a true, like the minor near, league, the minor leagues in Japan. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. he had some, uh, I think, a, a small brief appearances for the upper league as well um, for SoftBank. Uh, Not for the Hiroshima Carp. <laughs> no, but no, that's on Matt. That's my guy, Matt Davidson. For the doing work, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty the sure. Hawks, right? Yeah, SoftBank Hawks. He had seven there. games. It was seven games. Um, but that's at the AAA level because there was about a 7.9 age difference compared to where the other one is. Well, what's the, and the one's the winter league? And that's Sorry. another thing, Sean. Like he's had seven games above AA with his brief appearances in AAA at Charlotte. There's nothing wrong with him getting seasoning with him proving to you that he's ready, that he's hitting the ceiling right now. Right, you don't what he, know. What if he proves? It in spring training. Like, I mean, if he has a great month, I don't, I'm not against it. He's nearly 25 years old. He has enough plate appearances where I think that, you know, why not? He has about 1,250 plate appearances in kind of minor league ball at this point. It's not like it's, you know, 750 for Nick Madrigal. Like, he's 24. He's he's more developed than what these guys were. And I, we didn't have this show back then, but I told people Nick Madrigal is not going to be anything special. That's what he is. I would like for him to. Push the envelope and let them, let him decide that he's ready for it. Not, hey, we didn't go out and get any people because we think you're the guy. They don't know if he's the guy. They think he's the guy. But so many people out here, uh, prognosticators, are thinking like he has a a hole in his swing. That he has things that are wrong with them that will be exploited, especially low and inside balls, will be exploited at the major league level. I don't want that to happen. I want him to get the experience in minor leagues so they can have a full year of, okay, I'm adjusting to you. Where are you going to adjust to me? I don't want that at the major leagues. Yeah, uh, 12 strikeouts to two walks in Charlotte in the th- uh, what, 31, uh, 33 plate appearances uh, down uh, late in the season. All right, let's look at his uh, batted ball profile just real quick, um, Steven. Uh, I do just want to show this and then at least compare it to uh, what the team did in 2022. Uh, so he had a BABIP of 378. Again, that's just talking about how hard he's hitting the ball. But again, it's it's partly luck. It's mm-hmm. partly, you know, slicing balls weekly off lefties and just trying to make contact. Um, a line drive rate of 23.8%. The team last year was at 19.2%. So a little bit more than the team average in 2022. His fly ball rate, 30.8%, lower than the team average at 35.4%. His home run to fly ball ratio was very good, though, at 20.9% compared to the Sox at 9.7. So when ball in air, uh, that was good for for Oscar Colas. We we got to talk about these futures game jerseys too. By the way, I don't like them. So They're terrible. The, the All Star game was in the, was at Dodger Stadium last yeah. year, right? 
Why is it half orange? I don't know. That looks like it should be a Tigers-themed uh, All-Star Game jerseys. Also, it looks like um, when uh, the parents of uh, kids that are playing each other on two different teams have the half mm. jersey of one team and the like half the of the other. Uh, it looks ridiculous. This was the national. Those still are terrible, no, it's like a weird, yeah. The Dodgers aren't teal. I don't know. Nor are they orange. Yeah. The Dodgers are paying homage to the Giants and the Marlins. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, I didn't design them. Um I, I also think they are weird. Um, but, yeah, uh, his, uh, when ball was in the air, uh, ball was good for, for Oscar Colas. And then if you want to pull that back up, Stephen, uh, sorry, uh, the pull percentage for Colas was uh, 42.5%. For the White Sox, 38.4%. We talked about with Ben Attendee last year. Uh, we want to see him pull the ball more, and he did that in Yankee Stadium. Oscar Colas, um, especially against righties, will definitely be pulling the ball a little bit more. Um, opposite field, Sox were going to the opposite field about 26.2% of the time. Colas doing that about 31.8% of the time. And, again, I think that is uh, boosted by his uh, job against lefties. Um, and then swing, swinging strike percentage, uh, 15%. Uh, the White Sox as a team were at 117 uh, So you would expect his K rate of 22.8 to go up, absolutely. Um, I think you could afford to be at a 30% K rate. That's fine. I mean, I, I can't I, hit those a lot ten, of strikeouts. He can't hit those 10 home runs that you're projecting. He's got to well, hit. He's got to well, hit twenty have, plus. We have a projection here. I I don't know if he's got to hit twenty plus. Oh, I think he's that's striking ridiculous. out thirty percent no, of the I time. Mean, yeah. how, how are we jumping from a team that had one player or one player reach seventeen it, to Oscar Colas hitting twenty? Because let's, I'm not let's judging. Slow the brakes real. I'm quick. not judging no. on twenty twenty two. I told what, you I'm throwing that all what away. If he, what if he has a slugging percentage year. of four fifty and he has fifteen home runs? Like he hits, he hits like forty doubles. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. But I'm saying if he's if he's striking out thirty percent of the time batting that much he's got to at least be selling out for power right so if he hits 55 extra base hits and strikes out 30 percent of the time i'll take that yes but you're, judging, but you're judging it on the 2022 season as if that 2022 season is something to no, judge I'm off saying of. that you saying oscar cole has to hit 20 home runs is ridiculous I, I don't i don't think he needs to hit 20 home runs in 2023 no i'm saying 30 percent of the strikeouts if he's striking out that oh, okay. much you well, better be selling out for power. You're not just hitting singles. Again, I, I agree. I agree. Again, I was basing it on the slugging percentage and then maybe the, the, the yeah. extra, the, the, the doubles. My bad. My bad. I'll, I'll I say this. I, I missed we talked, point. We talk, to Herb's point, we talked endlessly about how much this team needed to add power this offseason. They let Jose Abreu go. They added Andrew Benintendi, and they're going to start Romy Gonzalez at second base. So in terms of changing, in terms of adding power to this team, Oscar Colas is most of it, if not all of it. Andrew Vaughn. Huh? Andrew Vaughn. And Andrew Vaughn was already on the team. Yeah, but now he's playing first base, so now he's got to hit 35. So he's going to hit 60 home runs? Apparently, that's what he has to do. Um, he, he has to hit 35, and, you know, Aloy Jimenez has to hit 74. Um, let's, hey, he'd hit his number. He would. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go uh, be a record too. to Oscar Colas' 2023 projections just real quick. Um, projected hit 16 home runs and 440, uh, 440 plate appearances. Walk rate of 5.8%, K rate of 24.1%, slash line of 255, 304, 423, weighted runs created plus of 104, and F4 of 1. So that would be disappointing, Herb. Very much so. Yeah. He's getting that many play appearances. He's not, he's only a one player, one win player. No, I can't have that. I got to have him. If you're, if you're doing that little with the bat, then what are you, what are you, why are you in right field? I, Gavin Chiefs can do that and more. Given 440 plate appearances. Possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. They are just projections. I understand. I, 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 we'll, 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 do you we'll not see. think that Gavin can do that? Oh, I think Gavin can do that. Easily. I don't think your point was wrong. Yeah. We saw, I think, you know, Gavin now, showed now that. Now, the one, the one win won't, won't be the same because he'll be playing right field, too. So, that'll be dragging that other part down. What do you mean? Gavin Sheets is a terrible right field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ga Gavin with a, a one war last year, uh, 100 weighted runs created plus, though. But, yeah, the, the slash line was, was kind of similar, a, a little bit worse on the OBP, a little bit worse on the slugging. But that was basically uh, Gavin Sheets last year. So, um, hey, maybe they have Gavin Sheets, too. Um, but I, I think it's just, I think a little bit more higher of them. I mean, Oscar Colas has proven that every single level that he has gone, he has been able to smash the ball, hit the ball with authority, I don't think that he's going to flop to the level where we're thinking, oh, Gavin Sheets would have been just as doable. I think he's better than Gavin Sheets at this current moment, and that's why we see Rick Hahn talking uh, this highly about Oscar Colas. I don't think he's talking about Oscar Colas this highly because it's the only 
you know, yeah. person walking into the shop, right? So not like you're the greatest customer because you're the only customer I have. Yeah. You know? But they always talk about small sample sizes. He spent sixty less than sixty games at all the levels last year. Like that's the smallest of sample sizes. Why not give him extra and let him prove you right? It's only a couple months, and maybe you get to surpass the Super 2 deadline with a player that might not be as good as Gavin Sheets. At least you know what you're going to get from Gavin Sheets for the most part. I don't know what I'm going to get from Oscar Colas. So I w- and that's why it's one of the hey. biggest questions of spring training. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go to And our- they put us in this situation. They put themselves in this situation. Yes, they they're putting a lot of money and a lot of faith. Not money, but they're putting a lot of faith in Oscar Colas and that working out well. Um, they are, and it's got to pay off. You know, we'll, we'll see if it does have the payoff that they're looking for and, you know, if, if they're able to, you know, have the right fielder of the future. It would be, you know, huge for them if they're able to finally figure out that hole. They tried it with Adam Eaton. They tried it with Nomar Mazzara. They tried it with, you AJ know, Pollock. A- A.J. Pollock. They've tried it, and, and he didn't even play there. I mean, you know, they tried it with him, and then he, he was like, I'm good. I'll play left field. <laughs> Um, they're all terrible options. They they were, <laughs> hey, and uh, I think Oscar Colas is probably the best of all those terrible options. Even though uh, he might be terrible in his own right, we'll see though. We'll give him we'll give him his chance. Um, back in 2019, uh, Luis slugged 518 at Birmingham. Colas slugged 563, um, and Aloy slugged 556. Uh, so he had the highest slugging percentage uh, in basically the same sample size, around 50 games uh, in their year before jumping to. Uh, the, the next level. So, I mean, if, if that's a sign of anything, he might be better than Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. Wow. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm definitely questioning that. <laughs> I was just being facetious. Um, all right, let's get into our top 10. Uh, not only did Herb and I contribute to this, but also Janice Scurrio uh, contributed uh, to this as well. Uh, you can see our three faces on the graphic. Um, the first three were from Janice. Uh, so first, she wants you to ask Dylan, um, who has more bangers, Beyonce or Nicki Minaj? Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need an explanation on what some of so, those words mean. Well, uh, so uh, bangers are good songs. Okay. Uh, and Dylan walked out to "Feeling Myself." Sure. Uh, the that Nicki, I remember. Yes. The, the Nicki Minaj part, uh, which is a song that features both Beyonce, okay, and Nicki Minaj. Okay. So uh, asking Dylan who he would prefer gotcha. in a music listening challenge. Sure. Beyonce's discography or okay. Nicki Minaj's discography. Okay. And I don't get to add uh, choices to that. You can. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, Beyonce, you... Nicki Minaj, or Kiss. Yeah. Or, what? or Van Halen. What? What? I was <laughs> to go with you. Oh, that's a bad song. <laughs> Kiss? Not a banger. <laughs> 80s Kiss? No, thank you. <laughs> uh, then Janice wants to know everyone's snack of choice uh, sure. this year for sure. 2023. Yeah. Uh, you guys got a snack of choice? What, what you've been snacking on lately? Um, yeah, these, um, my fiance, I already mentioned, she works at an international company and some of the people brought back That's some, very yeah, I don't want to, I, I don't want her to get you know called out. I don't know if I have permission, Worldwide. but they brought back some Japanese Kit Kats, mm. strawberry flavored mercy. I mean, if you've never had one, just some of the best stuff of all time. Go, go to Japan or order them from some snack wow. place. Uh, Jungboo Market. I don't know if it's got... Oh, the Jungboo, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it, oh, is I, it don't know. Uh, I don't know if Their it's Kit got Kats Japan, are awesome. But, uh, yeah, they probably got some. Maybe. Yeah. You got a yeah. snack of the year? Well, I'm, I'm, my snack of the year is the same every year. It's French onion dip. Nice. Love French onion it's dip. It's so good. Uh, I, I've been <laughs> like, liking going Ruffles with Ruffles Ridges? Oh, yeah. You get, a ruff, you get a big bag of Ruffles and a thing of French you onion dip. You just do reg- regular Ruffles? In the dip, yes. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean... There are other fine varieties of ruffles, but I would pass on them for the for the dip usage. Now I want French onion dip. Um, Always do, Sean. I go to Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. We've been going to Trader Joe's for our grocery shopping. Uh, they have uh, freeze dried blueberries and strawberries. I don't know real uh, real blueberries and strawberries. Not my thing. But mm-hmm. uh, freeze dried, kind of crunchy, but they're still sweet. I don't know. Kind of they're kind of like sweet chips. Do they reanimate in your mouth? Do they a little bit turn back into. Not, the not, strawberry not, in your mouth. They reanimate. Much. It's like you put water to it, and it's like one of those uh, things you got bit. at the Museum of Science and Industry, like grows. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little <laughs> bit of that 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 that, that, uh, that touch. So yeah, I, I would say freeze dried fruit. Isn't that fun? Uh, let's go to our next one. Uh, third up from uh, Janice, uh, her final one was Giolito. Is he still allowed to interview his teammates? Um, I didn't really understand this question. 
Gotta be honest. I this feel must like be a video of some fashion that was going around at some point. But had to be, um, yeah. but maybe bug something uh, Lucas. that was done over Twitch at yeah. some point. Maybe. I mean, I remember last year. Remember when they had the mics in Wrigley, and he was talking to Dylan Cease, and Dylan Cease is like, "Timmy, right over the right field, home run," and it happened. And it's like Dylan Cease is like, "Yeah, I'm the best." <laughs> Holy crap! Did that happen? That was uh, Lucas Giolito with the mic on. It's true. Yeah, I'm not. We'll have to figure it out. Um, that's that's on that's on me. The fourth one it. is from Janice, also. Uh, no, this one's for me. Uh, I thought, I, is you were? Yeah, I added this one, and this oh. one's more, I guess, a White Sox Twitter thing, uh, a beef loaf thing. Uh, just we're all kind of curious. We've brought up this topic before. How tall is Andrew Vaughn? Um, I would like you to ask Andrew Vaughn. I'd like you to bug Rick Rick Hahn. I'd like you to bug his teammates as well. This is this is what we in the business call a waste of a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'll see what I can do. Okay. Very fair. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, oh, man, I'm 5'8". I love saying that. <laughs> you know, short people like myself love saying how tall they are. I don't think he's six feet tall. And tall people always brag about how tall they are, like they did something to get that height. Right. Does, does Andrew Vaughn walk around being like, ooh, I'm six feet tall? Probably not. I've never eight. heard anybody say, ooh, I'm six feet tall. I would if I'm six feet tall. I'm <laughs> oh, not, my though. God. That's why I don't say it. Um, let's go to our next one. Uh, fifth question. Uh, this one's from Herb. Uh, and it's a fair one. Why are they wearing black uniforms in the Arizona Sun? Do they not like wearing the black uniforms? And many teams do. They're not the only ones. Plenty of the teams wear, uh, wear black in, during spring training. That, which was the last team who won a World Series who wears uh, black uniforms in spring training with the Giants. You think it goes all the way back to 2016? It comes all the way, well, 2014. Cubs won in 2016. Oh, Cubs won in 2016. But, yes, yeah. it's weird that you know that when you wear black, the Sun makes that shirt warmer than a white shirt or any other color shirt so it retains the heat there so i don't understand why you would do that for two months in the hot ass arizona sun i understand that they think it doesn't matter but i think it does like you get drained a little bit more incrementally than all the rest of the teams who are wearing gray or blue change your colors white socks not only go just white not only are their uh, lower extremities not uh, elongated enough, uh, they're also draining their stamina uh, by wearing black. Um, and is this something that oh. is new? All right, we got something from Bob Nightingale at, at the end of this. Uh, Bob Nightingale uh, is just tweeted, uh, Chicago White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger, who remains under investigation for potentially violating MLB's domestic violence policy, will be permitted to fully participate at White Sox spring training camp. He is not being placed on administer leave at this time. At this time, I feel like is a, a very key sentence here. Uh, it doesn't seem like their investigation has concluded from what Bob is reporting. So we at least have an answer. There will be we're, – we're, we're mere hours away from hearing from the White Sox, and we'll see if they add anything or if they stick by their previous commitment to not comment on this until after everything is concluded. Um, but it sounds like – we might be seeing Mike Clevenger at camp tomorrow. I would be really disappointed if Mike Clevenger uh, opened up the White Sox season uh, still under investigation on the opening day roster. I think the MLB would be doing a huge disservice to everyone uh, who is a White Sox fan. Um, I, th- I think that'd be extremely just disappointing. Well, uh, they're in, in, they're in total. Their uh, constituency in this investigation should not be White Sox fans. It should I be. I know, but it's, it should be the people who are involved in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 that is 100% true. I, I, sh- I shouldn't <laughs> leave that up. Um, let's go back to uh, our top 10. Uh, we'll obviously talk more about Clevenger in depth when we do have uh, at least comments from Rick Hahn tomorrow. And again, you can tune in uh, to our show tomorrow when Vinny's going to be joining us from spring training. Uh, next up, is it a make or break year for the front office? Yeah, just like Rick said, you know, if I'm not good at this job, if I'm not you know, doing my job, it will be time for me to go. And that's when I'll leave. If another year of disappointing baseball happens, is it accountability time or is it same old, same old? That's, I mean, I don't know if you can ask him because he's the one who's not, you're not going to ask him. <laughs> you know, who well, you I, would, I would, well, let's just put it this way. I would imagine that the response would be something along the lines of we're very confident in, in what will happen this season. Uh, that is probably a question that is best suited for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, I would imagine most White Sox fans would hope that it wouldn't have to be asked. Correct. <laughs> have you been like sharpening your MLB the Show skills? Like what? 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 what I've you been have? waiting for it, man. I've been killing MLB the Show, and I think those baseball players 
probably grew up playing baseball games and such and probably don't stop playing them. I wonder if any of them uh, actually grab the sticks every once in a well, while and play. They had a tournament. Was it a couple years ago they had a tournament and, and Lucas played? He's obviously a big video game guy. Uh, I think he made the final. Yeah, the he final? did make the final. He lost to Blake Snell, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So. I think I would beat him. You, you think, think you would like, beat Lucas? I, mean, can you I even, think I'll beat can Lucas. Even, wow. can yeah. The last time you said you'd beat someone on the White Sox was like, no, I'm really thing. good That's at true. I'm really good at that game. I, can you even beat the people on the pan? I mean, can you even beat me? Oh, I'll kill you. I was out there beating teams with uh, who did I beat the other oh, day? Oh, you beating the computer? No, I beat. Oh, a, I, no, I go online. I don't beat the oh, computer. I go online and, right. and battle. Well, it's, it sounds like we're gonna be. You know, hurt, you're gonna be in Arizona. So you're gonna have to. I crush all you guys at MVP 05 anyway. There you go. <laughs> Ooh, I won it on that one, Vinny. That's <laughs> my game. It sounds like you got to bring your PS5 or four tomorrow, and you know, we'll, we'll see who who truly is the best. Then we'll the show, Herb. Uh, let's go to eight. Uh, how does ball go in air more often? You talked about Pedro Grafal and what this team is trying to work on this offseason but Rick Hahn said we want the ball to go in air and then the ball stopped going in the air I would like a specific question about how does ball go in air more yeah I probably would phrase it a little differently probably throw a few more words in there to make a complete sentence but uh, I think it goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about right it's that you Rick Hahn have identified power as being a huge problem with this team last year the moves that you made and didn't make in Jose Abreu going to, to Houston have not done anything to dramatically increase the amount of home runs that this team can hit. Uh, so, obviously, you're banking on all the guys that were here doubling their home run totals from a year ago, uh, in some cases doing even more than that. So, um, there has had to be some change, uh, be it through the coaching staff or, or, or some other uh, – way in which that's going to happen so that's going to be a very big question I would imagine a very big focus of camp uh the other one I had was uh what's going to be the most important rule change for you uh specifically to players like I mean Billy Hamilton's probably going to say the bigger bases I mean we saw the weird pictures that pickoff rule man that's uh, the pickoff what it's rule be, yeah. right um we saw the weird base photos today uh you know kind of showing the three Real inches. Huge. yeah <laughs> but they I mean it's only three inches going each way I don't think it was that that's much. huge all right hey um I mean, I guess it's 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 six inches towards yeah. each. I mean, the biggest one for us that. is going to be that pitch clock. If oh, those games yeah, right. are two and a half hours oh. long, that's going to be shocking. And yeah. I did like uh, Juan Soto was asked uh, if he was going to shorten up his shuffle uh, for the pitch clock, and he said, oh, "I'll have to figure it out." You know, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I yeah. think initially it will be a hindrance for a lot of people, but then after a while, people are like, man. Game's going by. I'm not necessarily losing any power or uh, concentration. I think it's going to be an advantage for the pitcher, not the hitter. Mm, I don't know. I mean, guys won't be able to. I mean, Lucas is a guy. Lucas is probably going to be. That's probably his answer just because he's one of the slower workers. Um, he usually, I think, took about like 30 seconds yeah. uh, when no runners were on. Now it's going to be shortened down to about study, 18. That's study long, study wrong. We saw the best pitcher in White Sox recent history, Mark Burley, get the ball, throw it. Yeah, but he was throwing 88. Lucas was trying to throw yeah, 95. Not, every, and not everybody's put, Mark Burley. Put all, all of his effort in. Uh, I think you max give, effort guy you give versus yourself and the player who's going against you less time to think about what you're going to be featuring. I agree, but I, I think you know it works for it works hey, for the Nestor Cortezes. When, I don't know about when, when these guys right. talk to us constantly about repeating their delivery and and focusing on their mechanics so intently. I think it's a different. I think it's a different animal completely. I mean, mm-hmm. Mark Mark Burley was great at being Mark Burley. I'm not sure anybody else is great at being Mark Burley. I agree. That's why there's only one. <laughs> um, and then the final one, uh, what's their rally cry? Um, I feel like they've really improved their defense um, with Andrew Benatendi coming in. I feel like Colos is going to be an upgrade in right field. Vaughn at first base, I don't know if he's going to be an upgrade against Abreu, but I don't think they're going to be that worse. Um, Romy Gonzalez could possibly be an upgrade at second base. Um, I do wonder if they're touting you know, the fundamentals a lot. Like I do wonder what is the consistent thing we're hearing from Rick Hahn or Pedro Grafal. What's the parroted kind of phrase we're hearing? So um, I don't know if that's really a question you can ask somebody, but probably a question I just have in general. Well, I'll just say this too, to to expand that to something a little bigger, something that I left off the list that I had but, but was considering putting on there was how do they change the mindset? Because last year we heard we heard from Liam Hendricks mm. repeatedly. We heard from Jose Abreu. The mindset was wrong. It was broken, right? They got a little too cocky. They were overconfident in themselves, and it it wrecked the whole season, right? It took them so long to get back on track that they couldn't even get back to the to the playoffs. How have they changed that? And and is it all is just missing October enough to do that? 
oh, man, that sucked. Let's not do that again. <laughs> I mean, like, is that all that it is? Or does Pedro need to come in and, and, and say a bunch of different things and, and really tweak the way these guys are thinking about going into this season? Or is it done on a more individual basis? So I think uh, that is a question that can be asked. I think you're going to just see a lot of, like, well, we don't want last year to happen again. and But it's going to take a certain mindset to make sure that that, that is avoidable. How many times will we hear prove it? tomorrow um, a lot maybe, maybe that's what yeah. we'll have a account for a um i do want to get out of here uh steven you are right we had to break one more time i want to let you know about lovely goose island all right they're the boost uh, the, the official beer of chicago chgo is supported by the honks uh, of goose island goose island has been chicago's beer since 1988 you finally remember them from the goose island landing uh, and the beautiful goose the goose island is what it was called it wasn't the Goose Island. The Goose Island, because it was surrounded by water, if you'll remember. Mm-hmm. They had little oh. water features going down the aisle. So they still surrounded. do. Yeah. Yeah. But now, right. yeah, so, now it's a landing of some fashion, but it used to be the Goose Island. And, and what an island it on, was. That's on me, Goose Island. I'm sorry. That was the Goose Island, and you remember the beautiful geese that they had. Um, I'm still expecting it to show up at the CHG offices, but I don't know. Um, they have consistently shown us uh, consistent beer delivery, though. Um, we've been able to try the no plans. Uh, we've got some 312s around. They've got the limited releases of the Blackhawk Pale Ale and the Bull City 312. So make sure you are checking out Goose Island, not only when you're out at a Binnie's or a, a Jewel or at an alcohol store, but uh, Goose Island has two local locations and they're open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovative tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton. We shot a commercial there and got to try all of their bevy of uh, beers on tap. It was a fantastic A bevy time. of bevies, if you will. A bevy of bevies. <laughs> uh, or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company, Vinny, have a safe travel. Thank you very Vinny, much. Have a safe little trip out to Arizona. We're we'll going to miss you. We'll talk to you from the desert. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll, we'll still give it give it a little shout to you in Arizona. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ectromall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. Make sure to follow him tomorrow uh, or today. Um, so for updates from spring training tomorrow, at Vinny Duber. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us today and watching. We'll be back again with more live spring training updates tomorrow uh, starting at 4 p.m. Thank you very much and go Sox.